As we remain standing before the Lord, we are going to turn our attention to the scriptures. We will continue with our theme. Anybody remember what our theme is? Nobody remembers the theme? Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. We've been speaking from the scriptures, and our main theme has been, we need help. We need help. And the help is available for us. How is the help available for us? The Holy Spirit, praise the Lord. Scripture reminds us that we have the Spirit of God that indwells us, that empowers us, enables us, equips us, enriches us. Hallelujah. Equips us, praise the Lord, to overcome and to live a overcomer's life. Amen. So as we've been looking into the Scripture, we have come to the part where we said, win or lose you choose. Win or lose, you choose. So we're going to look into the scripture and we're going to read from the scripture two portions, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, followed by verse 25. Amen. Where's 25? Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our life. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus and we take victory in the house. Every critical spirit be still. We give glory and honor. Release anointing that will make the proclamation of God's word effective. Hallelujah. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. Please be seated. We continue with the theme from last week, win or lose, you choose. Praise the Lord. The Bible reminds us that we are in a real conflict. There is an ongoing conflict that brews within each and every one of our lives. It's a reality. Regardless of how long we've been a Christian, regardless of who we are and what we are, we all have to come to grips, as the Bible tells us, there is a conflict that goes on within each and every one of our lives. And Apostle Paul reminds us, the conflict is between the old nature and the spirit, the flesh and the, and the spirit. This is an ongoing conflict. As believers, God wants us to overcome this conflict that we experience in our lives. We already established from the Word 
that the Lord has given us the Holy Spirit. The Spirit indwells us. We have been anointed, and every one of us ought to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and have an ongoing infilling experience in our lives if we have to become overcomers. Praise the Lord. And Jesus has given us all provisions that we need to become overcomers. It is never meant that we get saved and continue with that old lifestyle. Rather, after being saved, we have to go from grace to grace, from glory to glory, from power to power, from victory to victory, day after day. But as human beings, when we live in this world, we do have conflicts. When there is slips, falls, falterings in our lives, God wants us to again tap into the word and in the provision that is given in the scripture, align ourselves once again to what the scripture says, praise the Lord, and press on into the realms of God. That's what the scripture reminds us. The scripture reminds us that it's both the nature, the old nature and the new nature, have its own desires and appetites. Praise the Lord. The old man, the flesh, has its desire and appetite. Likewise, the new man, praise the Lord, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit, has a very unique desire and appetite. And the scripture unveils before us, giving us an insight so that we can identify with the desires and the appetites that prevails among both the old man and the new man. One that is different from the other. Praise the Lord. Picture from the scripture, I want to borrow a few script pictures so that we can make it very clear. Praise the Lord. The writer Epistle of Epistle, Apostle Paul, makes it very clear. One of the pictures that he gives is between Ishmael and Israel, Ishmael and Isaac. Praise the Lord. They both live under the same one roof. Praise the Lord. Both Ishmael and Isaac, they live under the same one roof. Praise the Lord. But there is an ongoing conflict that bruised between these two. Praise the Lord. And finally we see that they've been told to push out Ishmael out if Isaac have to rule and reign. Praise the Lord. Apostle Peter uses another picture in, this, in the scripture as he writes the epistle. And the analogy that he uses is to be using the animals and the birds. Praise the Lord. Two animals have been pictured in Apostle Peter's epistle. One is the sheep and the other one is the pig. They both have two different appetites. The sheep is known as a clean animal with an appetite for clean things. You take a sheep and you dump a sheep into 
dirt, you will see the sheep will never feel at home. It will cry and it will try to pull itself out. Why? You take a piglet, give it a bubble bath and put it in the dirt. The pig will feel at home. It will continue to wallow in the filth. The reason is deep down the nature of the sheep and the pig differs. There is a big contrast between them. Praise the Lord. Likewise, the old man and the new man, praise the Lord, have two different appetites and desires. Praise the Lord. Unless we overcome the old man's or the flesh's desire, or as the scripture lets us know, we ought to learn to feed the new man and starve the flesh or the old man. If you continue to feed the old man or the flesh, it will become stronger and stronger. But as believers, God wants us to understand the difference and feed the new man. Another picture that Peter uses in the scripture is using two birds. One is the raven and the other one is the dove. The picture is from Noah's ark. Noah releases the raven first. The Bible says the raven never comes back. Why? Because the raven finds itself a landing pad. In a world that is destroyed by flood, the raven finds a lot of landing pad on the carcasses or the dead bodies that are floating around. While the dove is released, the dove goes around and comes back because the dove cannot land on anything that is unclean. As a believer, we have a new nature. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us that we have been born of God. We have been born of the incorruptible seed. Therefore, we have a divine nature within us. The divine nature within us is constantly desiring the things of God. Praise the Lord. The old man or the flesh desires the things of the world, while the new man, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit and born of the Word of God, is desiring the Word of God. So the contrast is very simple. The old man desires the things of the world, while the new man desires that which comes from the Word. Praise the Lord. So two different diabolically contrasting desires and appetites, and there is a conflict that brews within each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. So God wants a believer's life to be controlled and energized by the Holy Spirit. And that's the only way we can keep check 
on the old man and continue to overcome a live a life that is overcoming now paul in galatians he helps us to understand how we how we can identify looking at the work of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit and we looked into it last week when you think about work what comes to your mind imagine work takes intense labor work there is activity involved work there is sweat involved the works of the flesh is like what is produced in a factory while the fruit of the spirit praise the lord is because of the vital union that exists between a believer and jesus fruit is not manufactured fruit is produced it is a spontaneous bearing from the plant and the tree and the fruit is produced because of the union that takes place between a believer and jesus and the picture is given in john chapter 15 where jesus said i am the vine and you are the branches so abiding in jesus and the word in us causes us to produce the fruit of the spirit we are not the one who are producing but the holy spirit within us we have to make sure that the environment that we live and we conduct ourselves is conducive in other words we should not be found in any compromising state allowing the world to seep into our lives praise the lord so today we want to move on as we look at this verse today we want to look at two particular verses i want to you to look at this verse it says walk in the spirit and since we talked about it last week we want to move to the next part but we want you to look at this new living translation it brings the message home so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants and the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires these two forces are consistently these two forces are consistently fighting each other where church where does this fight take place praise the lord okay so you are not free to carry out your good intention today we are going to look at that term walk little closely one more verse before we move on if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit new living translation puts it like this since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives last week after the message one of the brothers called me up and said pastor that's a very hard word for the church and a hard word for you i said yes it is hard word but the scripture it 
talks about it because we need to be forewarned and forearmed. Praise the Lord. So as we look into the scripture, we study and we try to apply it to our life. So we want to look at this word, walk. Paul uses this word walk, and in verse 16, the Greek word peripateo has been given. Peripateo. Peripateo means keep on walking. As we continue to walk in this life journey, we should depend on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for guidance and power. Keep on walking. Think about you keep on walking. Praise the Lord. As we are walking in this life journey, the Holy Spirit within us is our guide. Jesus said, he, when the spirit of truth comes, he shall lead you into all the truth. Praise the Lord. And not only leading us and guiding us, but the Holy Spirit empowers us. Praise the Lord. Empowers us so that we can walk in that path and be overcomers as hurdles, obstacles, temptations, trials come in our life, we do not rest on our own strength, but we lean on the power of the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us so that we press on into the destiny that God has given us. Praise the Lord. We are expected to lean on him. Praise the Lord. And the power of the Spirit enables us to become overcomers. But when Paul writes verse 25, the same word walk, his different Greek word has been used. And this particular word is stoicho, praise the Lord. Stoicho. This means something else, praise the Lord. While the first one is walking, as you walk in this world, led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we bear fruit of the Spirit, which becomes evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is not for us to consume, but rather so that the people around will benefit from us. But when he uses this particular verse in verse 25, it has a different connotation to it. And we want to look into that word. Stoikeo means to proceed in a row. It means to march as a soldier. It means to be in order. To proceed in a row or marching as a soldier. It means to stay in line step by step. It is a picture of marching. What does marching require? Tell me, what does marching require? Coordination. What else marching require? Think, what does marching require? Stamina. Very good, yes. Focus, yes. What else? 
command. Very good. What else? Uniformity. Okay. Now imagine this is a group marching. In a group marches or a battalion marches, they have to be synchronized. There is a command, there is an order, and there is synchro they are synchronized. Nobody is going before anybody. When a marching order has been given, you cannot go before or you cannot lag behind. You have to step in order. Praise the Lord. There is a discipline involved. There is, there is an order involved. You can do what everybody else is doing. It's not like a stroll that you take as it is written in 16. God wants us to move around, praise the Lord, and bear the fruit in this life journey. But the second part we see is having an order in life, meaning keep in step with the Spirit of God, praise the Lord. Not to run ahead or lag behind, praise the Lord. In every aspect of a believer's life, whether it is in word, in worship, in prayer, in praise, in fellowship, in every realms of our life, there is an order. Praise the Lord. And the order is from the scripture. Praise the Lord. And God wants us to be people who follow the command of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to grab the picture of a sentry that is on God. Praise the Lord. A sentry that is on God. What is the responsibility of a sentry that's on God? Yes? To be vigilant. Very good. Why is a sentry vigilant? There is an enemy. Praise the Lord. The sentry is vigilant because there is an enemy. So today I want to take you to two, three parts, and I'll try to conclude on time because we are pressed on time. One is a defensive pose, a defensive pose. Every believer in your walk in this world, there has to be a defensive posture. Praise the Lord. A believer cannot live a careless, casual life. You have to have this defensive posture. Last week, we told from the scripture how God expects us to make sure that the members of our body are not given in for unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. So, we're going to tap into that first. Here, the Bible says, the writer of Proverbs says, about all else, Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Number one, on a defensive posture, guard your, guard your heart. Praise the Lord. For it is the wellspring of life. Young man, young lady, guard your heart. Praise the Lord. Be careful who you give your heart to. Praise the Lord. Heart is not something that you just pass around. Praise the Lord. Number one, you give your heart to Jesus. 
Number one, you give your heart to Jesus. And at the right time, when you are groomed and prepared and mentored, when the word has entered your heart, and you have been taught and disciplined by your parents and your teachers, at the right time, give your heart to the spouse that God is preparing for you. Praise the Lord. You cannot simply casually pass out your heart because who you share your heart with will determine the quality of your life. It will determine the destiny where you are going to reach in life. Praise the Lord. A wrong person in your life can derail and detour you from the destiny that God has prepared for you. Therefore, guard your heart. I always say we need to guard our minds. And there are three things that we need to use to guard our minds. Praise the Lord. What are the three things? Our minds should be, we should have filters on our mind. Number one, I thank God the man of God, Pastor K.M. Joseph, is here. We had a conversation, myself and Brother Finney Joshua, had a conversation with him the last time when he came. And he said in his church, he practiced something. Every six months, he will repeat repentance, salvation, and the doctrines of the Bible. You cannot think that I've already spoken, therefore I cannot. Because when you repeat, you are reinforcing. Praise the Lord. So we are reinforcing this morning. Mind, filter, three kinds of filter. Number one, sun filter. S-O-N, sun filter. The words of Jesus. The works of Jesus. The ways of Jesus. The wisdom of Jesus. Number two. Spirit filter, Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, will bring it to our attention when there is a compromise. Number three, scripture filter, the reason that we have said, put it like that so that you remember. So three filters, sun filter, spirit filter, scripture filter should Cover our minds. You don't allow everything to enter your mind. Contaminate your mind because that will bring defeat to you. Let me run, okay? So as a defensive posture, here is the next one. We see we have to guard our heart and we said that we have five senses. I'm just going to touch on one because of the lack of time. What is this? Okay, look at this man of God. I made a covenant with my eyes. How then shall I look lustfully at a young woman? Number one, guard your heart. Number two, use your senses that God has given wisely. Praise the Lord. The Bible doesn't say don't look, but how you look. It's not don't look, but how you look. Now, in looks, if anything other than what is approved of God is involved, two people will know about it. Who? Number one, the person who looks. Number two, 
God who sees. Okay? Number one, you know for yourself what kind of a look it is. Nobody is forbidden from looking at anyone, but how you look, praise the Lord, is important. Why? Because that can contaminate your mind. Praise the Lord. Once the mind is contaminated, eventually it will affect your actions and your walk. Remember, you are in a march order. Praise the Lord. Stoico, praise the Lord, meaning you have to walk in the marching order that the Spirit gives you. Praise the Lord. And when the mind is contaminated, that walk is going to get derailed and you're going to fall apart. So number one, defensive posture. Number two, we have to understand as believers, God wants us to be vigilant. God wants us to be vigilant. And defensive posture is one part. The second part is Going offensive. And so I'm going to borrow a picture from the Bible to illustrate my point. This is the picture. Tell me, anybody knows what this picture is? Anybody? Identify this picture for me. It's from the Bible. Yes, speak. Benaiah. Benaiah was a mighty man of David, what did he do during the snow time? He went down into a pit and he killed a lion. What does that mean? Tell me, how do we connect with this? I want you to think with me. I don't want you to just listen as, as a lecture. How do you connect with this? A believer has to be sensitive to the snares, the traps, the tricks, the booby traps of the enemy and disable it before it is activated. And God gives us the discernment to understand this. There is a warfare. We said that there is enemy on the internal, on the external, and infernal. Infernal empowers the external. The external appeals to the internal. Satan empowers the world. The world appeals to the flesh, to the old man. And a believer who is led and directed by the Holy Spirit should be able to discern the plots and the ploy of the enemy. And in his prayer room, on his knees, he has to disable before it materializes into your world. Every parent has to do it. Every guardian has to do it. Every mentor has to do it. Every teacher has to do it. Every Sunday school teacher has to do it. Every leader in the house of God, you have to do it in your prayer room where you wage battle on your knees and disable the ploys and the plots of the enemy before it becomes a reality in the life of people. Praise the Lord. Going on the offensive. I don't have time, so I'm going to move to the next part, which is equally important. Look what Paul says. 
put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. What comes to your mind when somebody says, don't make provision for the flesh? Tell me. It means don't make any plans that open the door for sin to enter into your life. Praise the Lord. The command is not to just refrain ourselves from the sins of flesh. It means that we should not allow sin to become a possibility, meaning do not open the door for sin to enter. Everyone, none of us are perfect. Every one of us know if we have any particular weakness in our life. Do you know your weakness? Do you know your weakness? You should know your weakness. Why you should know your weakness? So that you can take special care, fortify your weakness. Do you know where the enemy shoots his fiery dart? into your weakest arenas of your life. Praise the Lord. When David took a stone and he released it in the air, do you know where it hit? From top to bottom, the man was armored. Where did it hit? An area that was not covered. Praise the Lord. We need to fortify ourselves. Don't have the time. Ephesians 6 talks about it. We're not going to get into that now. Praise the Lord. But we need to fortify ourselves. Making no provision for the flesh, it means that we live a life in such a way that we don't open doors unnecessarily. I'm going to borrow another picture, and I want you to tell me what this picture is. Tell me what this picture is. What is this picture? It is? It is Samson. What about this picture? What about this picture? Now connect it with make no provision for the flesh. Where is Samson? Samson is in a vineyard. What's the point? Samson should not have been there. When you place yourself, position yourself in places that you should not be, with people that you should not be, you're making provision for the flesh. Praise the Lord. This guy put himself in the vineyard where it was forbidden for him. By who? By who? He was a Nazbright, and therefore he was, God had told where he cannot or what is forbidden. You and I have to know from the scripture what the scripture allows and does not allow. When we position ourselves and place ourselves in questionable areas, in arenas of compromise, we are making provision for the flesh. Listen, this was the first time. Thank God the Holy Spirit came upon him. He did what? He tore the line apart, killed it. You and I would have thought that he would have learned the lesson. But the Bible says he went back and used the same road. He went through the same way. And when he went the same way, 
what happens? He saw the carcass of the lion, and the honey bees had what? Nested, and there was honey available. Samson did what? Digged into it, pulled it out, and he drank that honey and shared it with his parents. What happened? In fraction number two, if there is a one, if you don't repent, renounce, and return, there is going to be a two. If there is a two, you don't repent, return, renounce, and return, there is going to be a three. There's going to be a four. There's going to be a five. But the Holy Spirit has been given to overcome. And for that, we have to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and make no provision for flesh. Praise it. This is very important as God's children when we live in this world. Praise the Lord. I don't need to tell you about Samson's life story. Now think about this. Suppose... I know that I have a weakness, and it is gambling, okay? If it is gambling, I don't gamble, and I don't have that weakness, but suppose, hypothetically, and I'm going to Connecticut, and I have so many hotels in Connecticut that I can stay, but I decide I'm going to be staying over at Mohegan Sun, or I'm traveling to Long Island. And I decide that I'm going to stay over. There's so many hotels in Long Island, but I decide that I'm going to go to Jake's 58. I am making provision for the flesh. I am setting myself up. There are a lot of believers who say that Jesus was a friend of the, of the sinners, of the wine bibers and gluttons, and therefore, we can hang out. Yes, Jesus hanged out with them, it's true, but Jesus was never in a place where it overcame him because the Bible says he was without sin. Praise the Lord. So if you feel that you are all-powerful and you can do it, some people think that they are invincible, and they are untouchable, and there is no way that any of this thing can affect us. We have to be on God. Praise the Lord. Walking with the Spirit, in the Spirit, is to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And when you walk in step with the Holy Spirit, He doesn't take you to places that is a trap or a setup that can bring you down. Now, the world has certain standards. I want to draw your attention because we have our children with us today. The world has certain standards. Look at the standards. What is this related to? Video games. Okay? Now, when you buy video games to your children, and when your children are using video games or you are using video games, that's fine. Okay? The world has certain standards. They put a rating on it. Look at the rating. E, E10, T, M, mature, adults only. And look at the content. So as parents, don't just take it lightly. Oh, I'm just playing video games. 
Or they come to church and, you know, they don't want to be, you know, they don't understand that they are playing. What are they playing? Do you know what they are playing? Do you know what is the contents? But then, if I've been playing, I can't tell Timothy not to play. Can I tell Timothy not to play? Yeah, I can. But is it going to work? So we, if the world has standards, what kind of a standard a Christian should have? A Christian home should have. Parents should have. Make sure that we don't make provision for flesh. Make provisions to God of our hearts. Make provisions so that the members of our bodies are offered as instruments of righteousness which ushers the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Sin is an enemy and we have to overcome sin. Praise the Lord. Don't think that because you are a believer, you are exempt and immune from the assault and the attack of the enemy. Praise the Lord. God gives us the provision to overcome. But you and I have to yield ourselves and to the Holy Spirit so that we can experience victory in our lives. This is a quote from John Piper. John Piper puts it like this. Killing sin is not optional. This is mortal combat. Sin die or we die. We refuse to settle in with sin. End quote. Praise God. We are called to be overcomers. Praise God. We are being called to be overcomers. And that is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. It's not just the power of the Holy Spirit. It is Holy Spirit himself, God himself, who indwells us, enables us, empowers us, so that we become overcomers. Remember Paul writing to the Corinthians says, after preaching to others, I do not want to be disqualified for the price. Therefore, what I do, I buffer my body and bring it to subjection. Paul writing to the Corinthians says that we have strongholds that need to be demolished. And it, it could be demolished how? By being obedient to who? Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Obedience to Christ and yielding ours to the Holy Spirit and disciplining ourselves brings victory in our life. Win or lose, who's going to choose? Who's going to choose? We should choose. We are called to be winners because we are marching behind Jesus the conqueror. Praise the Lord. Jesus overcame and we can overcome because he equips us to become overcomers. All eyes closed. We're going to pray. We are out of time now. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We yield ourselves to you. Lord, the challenges are real. The conflict is real. But we thank you for the abundance of God's grace 
that is released upon our lives. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit within us that enables us to become overcomers. We pray that every child in the house, every brother, every sister in this house will go from victory to victory. May we celebrate the victory of the Lord as we ourselves experience victory in the flesh realm against sin, Satan, and the world. Cover us with your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.